You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Travis Ryer, the BamaOnline.com staff, following the Alabama Crimson Tide's 38-19 victory over the Missouri Tigers here in Columbia, Missouri. No, I'm not already on the way back to West Central Alabama, but uh, figured we'd jump right into this in the immediate aftermath of the Crimson Tide's first victory of the 2020 College football season, pretty dominant for three quarters, right? 35-6 to six game uh, going into the final stanza. You had Bryce Young getting his initial work at the quarterback position for Alabama there at the end of the third quarter, it's carrying over into the fourth period. And look, I think we all know, and I'm sure here momentarily when Nick Saban takes to Zoom to address the media, uh, he's not going to be happy with the finish of that football game, regardless of how many twos that Alabama got into the game on both sides of the ball. Uh, We've heard Nick Saban talk about it. Wants to see his team finish games with more authority, but I think it's also important to understand, again, 35-6 to game there at the end of the fourth quarter, and a lot of good things went into that. A lot of good things in really every phase of the game. Whether you talk about Mac Jones in that passing game, Mac Jones completes, what was it? Let's look here. I've got kind of a portable setup here tonight. 18 of 24 for 249, two touchdowns, a passer rating of 189.7. So it was essentially uh, a carryover of the Mac Jones we saw from 2019. Mac, very efficient, had a stretch there in the first half where he had 10 straight completions, and that ended on a drop by Brian Robinson on what should have been a sure touchdown. And what does Mac Jones do? He responds on the very next snap with an absolute dime to Jalen Waddle for one of Waddle's two touchdowns there in the first half on Saturday night. So a lot of good things offensively. I know a lot of folks would like to see more production from the run game. We talked about it throughout the preseason that we hadn't really heard or seen much that would lead us to believe that it wouldn't continue to be a lot of Najee Harris. That was the case again on Saturday night. Najee with 19 touches total, I believe it was. 17 carries for 98 yards and three touchdowns. So 20 touchdowns a year ago for Najee Harris total. He picks up with three more tonight. Uh, He also had one catch in the game. Excuse me, two catches in the game for eight yards. So 19 total touches for Najee. And essentially, again, three quarters of work. You saw a lot of Trey Sanders later in the game. Some of Brian Robinson while the game was still... Uh, competitive to go along with Najee Harris, the offensive line. I thought that first group uh, spectacular in a lot of ways, especially where pass protection was concerned. Mack was hardly touched for those three quarters that he was in the football game. And when that happens with Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, I thought John Mechie showed you some nice things as the third receiver tonight. 
uh, had a hellacious grab there in the first half. Wasn't a perfectly thrown ball from Mack at all in the middle of the field. Mechie makes a nice play. So, you know, again, I know there's still a lot of folks that want to see that run game pick it up, and I, I think it will. Uh, but you didn't see a drop-off really in terms of explosive plays tonight. You know, Mack averaged over 10 yards per attempt a year ago. You know what he averaged tonight? 10 yards per attempt, 24 attempts. You get 250 passing yards out of just 24 attempts. That's a pretty good number. Took care of the football um, defensively, that first group especially. How about Will Anderson in his debut tonight at the outside linebacker position? You wondered if, based on the depth chart from earlier last week, would Will Anderson really be that first outside linebacker on the field for the Crimson side as a true freshman here in Columbia, he absolutely was. He was out there from the get-go, and this is a guy who is very sudden. This is a guy who is very violent when he gets there. And a couple of those mesh point plays that he had with those Missouri running backs. Look, I don't think those Missouri running backs, Tyler Beatty, Larry Roundtree the third, necessarily knew exactly who uh, Will Anderson was before tonight. They know who number 31 is because uh, he was laying some lumber out there. And I thought he did some really good things even early in the game when you sort of expect a true freshman to maybe be a little bit too pumped up, a little bit overhyped in that situation. You saw it from the opening snap, really. They ran an option play right at him. His eye discipline was good. He took care of his responsibility with the quarterback and Sean Robinson forced a pitch to Roundtree and then Christian Harris with a big hit over on the Alabama sideline. Christian Harris, I thought, played extremely well. It was great to see Dylan Moses back in the middle of the field where he was supposed to be last season. You know, Dylan got isolated early. I chalked that up more to some really good play design by Elia Drinkwitz and the Missouri staff in getting Jalen Knox, a slot receiver, on him in the middle of the field. There just aren't many middle linebackers that are going to have a lot of success in that type of matchup. But it seemed to sort of maybe get Dylan going because from that point forward, I thought Dylan Moses was outstanding. You know, a defensive line playing without Christian Barmore pretty much tonight. Uh, Barmore did make the trip, but I mean, that was a group that essentially you were talking about. DJ Dale, Justin Aboigby, LeBrian Ray healthy makes a big difference. Uh, Fedarian Mathis played meaningful snaps. For sure, you saw Byron Young playing a lot of snaps tonight. So that was sort of your rotation for this opener, and I thought they did a nice job as well. So before you get a little bit too down on this football team, and yeah, I get it. It was a 13-3 fourth quarter. And when you look at Missouri stats, I think Missouri had 322 total yards in the football game offensively tonight, I think 130 of those basically came in that fourth quarter. So if you're Nick Saban, in some ways it's the best of all worlds. You came in here, you showed some really good things for three quarters. Your fourth quarter wasn't what you would like, even if you did play a lot of guys or as many guys as you could travel, basically. Um, you got some things you can definitely uh, harp upon and uh, teaching tape, as they like to call it, in the coaching biz. You're going to still have plenty of that. Uh, I think there's still some areas of this football team, as we've talked about on the Bama Online podcast and on the website itself and the week leading up to tonight, that you're going to have some situations with this team that are continually 
being determined and evaluated. I don't think this is a finished product by any means when you talk about rotations and things like that. I think competition is going to continue on as we move into this season and get into Texas A&M week coming up. But, uh, you know, a solid start all in all. I'm not going to tell you the fourth quarter was great. I'm not going to tell you that in some ways it was the debut that a lot of people probably unrealistically had for Bryce Young. I thought Young did show you some of those things that, you know, very much were in play in making him the number one prospect overall recruit for the class of 2020. We've talked about, we know that Bryce Young didn't exactly have a transition into the program as an early enrollee that you would like for him to have had, but, you know, things happen and he's going to continue to grow and Bryce Young strikes me as the type of young person that's going to learn a lot from tonight. You know, the turnover, the strip sack, some of that wasn't on him, but you got to take better care of the football in the pocket. You can't be loose with the ball at this level. And, you know, that's going to be something I'm sure that's stressed um, strongly to him coming up. But uh, there you go. Injury-wise, look, how about some good news there? We saw uh, Evan Neal go down. That was a little bit of a scary moment there, right? late in the third quarter because you know what the situation is depth-wise at offensive tackle. But it was good to see him come back into the football game in the fourth quarter. So seems to be okay with him. And uh, other than some maybe egos and some feelings that are going to be hurt here in the next couple of days when they go through that fourth quarter video, I think this team is going to be just fine moving forward. And, um, you know, the kicking game, Will Reichard. How about it? Will Reichard makes a field goal late in the game that a lot of Alabama fans just couldn't appreciate because that number, that number that they were counting on maybe wasn't uh, exactly what they had, they had hoped it to be. Let's get into some, uh, let's get into some of your thoughts and comments. What do you got for me? Let's hear it. Angel wants to see Daniel Wright improve. Uh, you know, that's one of those areas, Angel, I do think you're going to continue to see competition now in some ways you got what you got at safety that was an area where you knew you were a little bit thin in terms of your numbers but you added brian branch you know i thought jordan battle showed up nicely tonight um you know daniel wright is more of a jared maiden type option at safety and that's okay um, but you have to be consistent you have to be continuously solid fundamentally you have to be a good tackler you have to make you have to mix in the occasional play in the passing game but I could see safety being an area with Brian Branch, with Malachi Moore, where they evolve to the point as freshmen where they're more than just situational options. I think DeMarco Hellams, you saw a little bit in the dime tonight. Uh, he's a part of that discussion as well. I, I came out of the game feeling kind of like what I did going into it, where safety was concerned. Thought Jordan Battle would be the clear-cut guy back there. Um, and then once you got beyond that, you might still be going a few weeks into the season trying to figure some things out. And, and maybe it'll play out where that current rotation ends up being the rotation. But, yeah, I can see that. I can see where Daniel Wright and the rest of those guys. Yeah, you know, that was an issue there in the third quarter. I think it was the third quarter. It might have been the second quarter. You saw the false starts, you know, kind of crop back up for the offensive line. And really, though, other than that, and that's not something that's just going to be glossed over, I'm sure, by Kyle Flood and Nick Saban. Still a really good performance by this Alabama offensive line, especially in pass protection, I thought. 
you know, there's going to be questions about Trey Sanders, you know, and, and understandably so. This is a guy who missed all of last season with an injury that, you know, if we're being honest, it's not the kind of injury that you want any player to really sustain, but certainly not a running back. So, you know, there's going to be some patience, I think, required there. So, you know, I, I, what we like to do after one game, and I've been guilty of it as much as anyone, is is uh, overreaction, right? It's just that it's been deferred a little bit this year. Usually that Tuesday or Monday even, Labor Day, or the Tuesday after Labor Day, we all overreact to everything. Um, so we got to be careful not to do that. Uh, but, you know, right now, and that's why I thought Najee's workload would be what it was tonight through three quarters, if not even more, was that it's clearly Najee still. And, you know, Brian Robinson's a solid guy. Um, but there's not another back on this roster right now that you're going to say, yeah, let's give this guy, you know, eight to 12 carries a game and take those carries away from Najee. That's not going to happen right now. It's Najee, It's the Najee Harris show. And look, thank goodness he came back, right? Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Nicholas, there hadn't been much instant analysis lately because there hasn't been much reason for instant analysis. But what we're going to try to do is make this more a part of, say, our post-game coverage at BamaOnline.com. Yeah, Christian Barmore's had a knee injury that he's been dealing with. I agree, D. I thought Christian Harris. Christian Harris looked like an Alabama linebacker tonight. I thought Will Anderson did, too. I thought Dylan Moses did as well. I thought linebacker play, for the most part, was a real bright spot. When you talk about the first group, and it was interesting, when they went to more of their pass rush stuff there in the nickel, you saw Christopher Allen come on to go along with Will Anderson. Will Anderson's every down guy, man. I mean, whether it's base, whether it's nickel, whether it's dime rabbits, he's the dude right now. And so, But you saw Chris Allen come on. Um, and with Barmore not available, what you saw was Justin Aboigbe in there um, with LeBron Ray inside in those pass rush looks. Anything else, gang? I'm sure we're going to hear a lot. Ron's asking about first-round draft picks. I, I'm going to let him play a few games, Ron. I know the mock drafts are out. I mean, you can find mock drafts just about anywhere that are going to have you know, guys like Leatherwood, guys like Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle after tonight. You think Jalen's stock is going anywhere but up? Um, I thought they took a touchdown. I couldn't really tell, I guess, but I thought he got in on the one play. Yeah, we talked about uh we talked about the safety position earlier, so if you missed that, this is gonna hopefully it's gonna archive and you can go back. And I think safety again. I, I said it going into the season. Charlie said it in our podcast. We agree on that. You know, um, 
that's going to be sort of a work in progress, I think, outside of Jordan Battle. I, I wouldn't count out Malachi Moore becoming more than just the star. I wouldn't count Brian Branch out at this point. I wouldn't count anybody out, really. Got a question about whether or not Alabama was the best SEC team I saw today. They were for three quarters. You know, Mississippi State LSU was nuts. You could kind of feel that one coming. I didn't see 44 points coming from Mississippi State. Uh, but with all the attrition, with all the stuff going on at LSU right now, uh, I guess we shouldn't have been terribly surprised. But, well, you talk about a cold shower after the elation, right? The nirvana of a 15-0 and season. That's what that was in Baton Rouge today. Georgia stumbled early. Uh, they still got some things to figure out offensively, obviously. Eventually, they were just too good for, for Arkansas. You kind of expected that. Um, so, Florida, I thought, did some good things offensively. Defensively, you, know, you knew Lane would have some stuff. And Ole Miss has some skill guys. So, uh, you figured Lane would would have that that game plan in a way in which Ole Miss could could have some success on offense. But I didn't see, I guess, what I'm saying, a complete four-quarter performance today that really just blew my hair back. I, I saw in Alabama, though, the makings of a potentially really good team. And I thought Auburn was really solid. You know, Kentucky's in some ways killed itself in that game. Um, but I thought Auburn was pretty much the better team throughout that game. And, um, you know, Kentucky hit Auburn early. And, uh, you know, the Tigers showed a little bit of a chin there and, and came back and got the job done. Yeah, we'll get some more updates, guys, if there's anything, you know, specific we need to get into as far as injuries. I, you know, you're going to hear stuff from Nick Saban here in just a moment. Um, you know, that's kind of the way that's going to work. Yeah, it is, Angel, and we've talked about that a lot. It's it's hard to win a national championship. Don't get it twisted. I mean, getting to that mountaintop is extremely difficult. I mean, look at programs like Georgia. You know, Georgia puts it right there on their patch this season on their jersey that it's been 40 years since the Georgia Bulldogs have won a national championship. A commemorative patch will tell you that on the Georgia jerseys this season. And so it's tough, but... It's especially tough to sustain it because with the three and outs, with a season like this, with COVID-19 and opt-out potential, um, you know, and for LSU, you're maybe thinking, and you were dealing without Derek Stingley um, today, so that was obviously a problem, you know, without him and going against an experienced quarterback and a grad transfer in K.J. Costello, a guy that knows how to dial it up. In uh, Mike Leach, uh, some decent receivers on that team. Kylan Hill is perfect for that offense at the running back position. And as much as anything, I'll tell you what surprised me about LSU today was that didn't really surprise me because I knew how much LSU lost up front on offense. But LSU's offensive line to me was awful. I thought that was about the worst unit I saw all day. Anything else before we get out of here on a Saturday night? Still got some work to do tonight. Charlie Potter's going to have updates for you throughout the 
remainder of the evening. Um, you know, we're going to have grades for this game coming up on Monday morning. You're going to have game balls, I'm sure, from Charlie, all kinds of stuff. But, yeah, go easy, gang. I know that fourth quarter wasn't pretty. I know some of you may have had something a little extra involved in your rooting interest, and that probably doesn't help matters. But, um, you know, that's uh, that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, and also true freshman tonight, you saw a good bit of those guys in addition to Will Anderson, Malachi Moore, you know, getting starts on defense. Really, on the kickoff return team, I think you saw Javon Baker out there. Um, who else? Who else am I missing? Drew Sanders was out there. There were four true freshmen. Will Anderson was out there for the opening kickoff. Just in that front group, you had those kind of guys. So you had some guys on special teams. Um, more of what you saw was on defense. You kind of anticipated that. So we'll recap all that as we move forward. But until then... Thanks for joining us here on a post-game edition of Instant Analysis on the Facebook home for BamaOnline.com. And we'll talk to you again real soon. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement for his man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.